0: The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adalmarie, marie and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything And on today's show, we're doing an AMA on air, which is an Ask Me Anything. And happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday to my favorite people. I hope your week has been amazing. I hope your weekend has been good. I know I've mixed up the episodes on you guys. I'm so sorry, but it just, I felt like it worked out better if we did it this way. And it made sense in my brain. So I'm hoping it makes sense to you guys as well. We don't have any highlights, gratitudes or struggles today because it is an Ask Me Anything episode. If you are new here and you've clicked on your safe space for the first time, Ask Me Anything is literally an advice, big sister, mentor type of episode where I answer questions submitted by you guys from the Monday night AMA that I do on my personal Instagram. And so... Today, we are doing this because I did the two-part episodes on Friday and last Sunday, okay? If you want to listen to those episodes, go and listen to them, and if you want to have normal scheduling, that'll come back next week, all right? Now, today is Sunday, and it's also my birthday so guys, you'll have to wait for the next episode to see if anything actually changed between the clock ticking over at midnight and me turning the big 30. If you do follow me on social media, I think I've got the best day planned and obviously I'm pre-recording this before my actual birthday, but I've organized to go to the gym in the morning. I've organized to have a coffee with my best friend, and then I'm going to have dinner with my family and my closest friends. I wanted to keep it super low key in that sense because I'm not really a party girl. I didn't want to have like a massive party or anything like that. I just wanted to go to a nice restaurant, have a nice meal, be around the people that I love the most. And you would have seen as well that I did do a photo shoot. And so those photos I think would have come out today. And I hope that you guys like them. I haven't seen them yet at the time of recording. I feel like I will like them because the behind the scenes stuff looked really good yesterday as well. And I wanted to do that shoot because I just wanted to have some nice memories of my 30th and it was a way for me to celebrate it in a way that made sense to me and felt good for me and made me happy. It's also little Franklin's birthday too. So my plan is to bake him a cake, get him some toys and celebrate as well. I still think it's the best thing ever that we have the same birthday. Obviously I'm a lot older than him or maybe in dog years he's older than me. I have to figure that out. He'll be five and I'm 30. So yeah, besties for life. Now, guys, we are going to jump into this show. As always, our Ask Me Anything episodes or any podcasts that I produce or that I put out onto this uh, show are not a substitute for therapy or professional mental health support. So if you do need that, please check the show notes and please get that help. Today, we have another mixed bag of questions, and there are a couple in here that I'm so excited to tell you guys stories about. I realized that I love telling stories on this podcast, and it's so funny because I'll always put like clips of the podcast onto my TikTok. And it's obviously without context, the stuff that I'm putting up there, but some people just don't get it. And it's always funny reading the comments. But let's get into question number one How do I deal with a job interview that wasn't successful? I had my heart set on this position. And I know this feeling so well. I'm sorry that you missed out on the job that you applied for. And I know what it's like. I have missed out on many jobs in my lifetime, especially in the past when I was climbing the corporate ladder. And ultimately what we feel when we don't get that job is rejection and it's rejection in career or rejection in the workforce. And it brings up a lot of disappointment. It brings up a lot of sadness. It brings up, I don't know, a lot of difficulty because you may have held The job, either in a really high regard, you may have pinned your hopes to the job. Obviously, like you said, you had your heart set on this position and you were looking forward to it. And that can be really shit to experience. So I'm sorry that you're going through it, but whatever you're feeling is normal and it is valid. And I also want to say, well done to you, because the fact that you missed out on a job shows me that you actually applied, put yourself out there, and went for something, which is huge and that is something that you should still be celebrating. Now I've got some tips because I've got a lot of experience in this space and I'm going to share them and what I would do if I was you in this situation and kind of give you the advice so that you can move forward. So my first tip is to not take it personally and I know this can be hard because a lot of the time when we are triggered, when we are rejected and it really doesn't matter what type of rejection it is, And I feel like I prefer rejection in the professional field than like personal rejection. And I'll explain why in a second. But when we are triggered, of course, we want to like tell ourselves the shit stories about ourselves because that's almost like our default coping mechanism. But it is not true. When you don't get a job, it doesn't mean that you are a terrible person or you don't have the skills or you don't have the qualities or you're not going to get any other jobs in your lifetime or you're shit at your current job. All it means is that in that moment, you were the unsuccessful applicant for whatever reason. There may be a multitude of reasons that you were unsuccessful. And so what I would like you to do is go back to the hiring manager. I would like you to thank them for the opportunity and I would like you to ask them for feedback. And so I don't know who did the interview, maybe it was someone in HR, maybe it was a hiring manager, but ask them why you missed out on the opportunity. And obviously keep a professional, but the reason that I like to do this is because they may give you some guidance and sometimes they may just give you some generic, like very entry-level light feedback, but sometimes they may give you actual constructive feedback And I think it can really help you stay objective in the situation without taking it personally. And that's why I said I prefer professional rejection versus like a personal rejection. But I can see when I have gotten feedback in the past and I've done this myself, where I went wrong. I can see what I missed in the interview or where I didn't meet the expectations. And that leads me to my second tip, which is to reflect on this and see if you need to make changes. For the next interview and sometimes the feedback can be about your interview skills sometimes it can be how you answered the questions sometimes it could have been about the examples that you give maybe you gave a really good example but then you didn't tie it into the new role or maybe there were not many examples that you gave and you can do some unpacking into finding out what those examples are for the next one but The reason I'm telling you to ask for feedback is because a lot of the time we don't, a lot of the time we just cop it on the chin, we don't get the job, we never know why, and we carry on. But if we don't ask for feedback, we don't know how to learn and do better the next time. And so gathering that information will help you move forward and it will help you potentially do better in the next job interview that you have. My tip number three is if you need to take a little bit of a break from applying for jobs, do that. But then start applying again. And it's a little bit like dating. Applying for jobs is a numbers game. It does require you to put yourself out there. I can't tell you how quickly to apply for the next job, but if you had your heart set on it, like you said in your question, then chances are it's a sign that you obviously want it. It obviously meant a lot to you. There's obviously a lot of interest in that industry. I don't know what industry you work in, or in that field, or in that type of role. Don't let that rejection take that away from you. Still try to honor it and obviously take the time that you need. I'm not going to tell you how quickly to reapply, but listen to yourself and let it guide you again. And then my last tip is to remember that what is meant for you won't pass you, especially in jobs, especially in your career. And I truly believe this because every single time I was rejected from a job in my past, Every other job I got after that turned out to be even better. And every other pathway I took turned out to somehow work out even better. And of course, I'll never know what the other pathways were because I was unsuccessful, but it still worked out okay. I think it's also just accepting a bit like dating that rejection is part of the process and it is part of job hunting and applying and to not let that stop you. It's to feel the fear and do it anyway. It's to feel the fear of possibly getting rejected again and still putting yourself out there, still applying, still showing up to the interviews. And I would also love to hear from other group members how you handle rejection in the workforce. So come into the Facebook group and share it with us. I would also love to hear any stories of how you missed out on a job and then it worked out even better for you because it can be nice to hear that from each other and almost share that hope and share that possibility. Question number two. This is an interesting one. How do I bounce back from a negative tarot card reading, particularly in relation to my boyfriend? Now, I wanted to put this in because I am a bit of a spiritual girly, okay? I do own a deck of tarot cards. I've gone to see a psychic three times in my life and I love that stuff. But at the same time, I am also a facts science-based girly as well. I like to say I'm like science-based with a bit of woo-woo sprinkled in, right? Now, I don't have context for this listener. So I'm going to make some assumptions and be very general. In the past, when I look back at my history, when I have done a tarot reading or gone to see a psychic or gone to get some guidance from an external thing or person, it's because I felt already lost and already confused and I wanted someone or something to tell me what I should do or to give me answers. I wanted this external thing to validate me. And I noticed looking back on my past and even now, I think I tend to now lean away from that stuff because I feel like I can give myself the answers myself, which is a, a better position I, I think to be in. I want this listener if you're listening, I hope, you, I hope that you are. But I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Get out your journal. Write down what you wanted to get out of going to see the tarot reader or what you wanted from asking the tarot this question. Ask yourself that and write it down. Then ask yourself, what was the outcome that you were hoping for? Write that down too. And then I want you to write down, these are the questions to answer. Were there already issues you were hoping to get clarity on? As I said, get a journal, write it all down, allow your thoughts and feelings to come up. And then once you have done that, I want you to reflect on whatever came out. How did it make you feel? Did it bring things to light for you? Did you hear something you didn't want to hear? Are there real issues in your relationship that you may have been avoiding? Or has it created an issue that wasn't there in the first place? I always, always try to take this stuff with a grain of salt. And I know I may upset some people in the community who are very much into the tarot or spiritual stuff, who are into that psychic stuff, that medium stuff. I do take it with a grain of salt, just like everything that I tell you guys. It's like life, life is here to be lived. We can dip in and out of certain mindsets. We can dip in and out of certain tools. We can dip in and out of what we need. I don't think it's healthy personally, for me, probably from my mental health issues to sit in that energy of like tarot or psychic or anything like that. And that's because I believe that we ultimately create the lives that we want. We ultimately have that power and with communication and with some willingness, we can navigate things or issues that come up in our relationships. And so I'm not in a relationship at the moment, but I'm trying to empathize with this listener if I had a tarot card reading and it said something bad about my boyfriend, I would need to think to myself, is, is this just showing me what is already there? If it's not, I've got to let it go. What I would suggest is to do that, ask yourself that, and then look inwards and see if there is something for you to unpack or work on or something for you to let go. And as I said at the start, it's okay to have a toolkit. As I say in all my episodes, it's okay to have a toolkit and dip in and out of what you need. But using things like this in moderation, I think is the healthiest way to do it. And that is in conjunction with your own thoughts and with reality, with what is actually happening in your day-to-day life. The other element, I spoke about it very briefly, but mental health. I know for me, when my mental health has been poor, I have to stay away from that stuff because it can really mess with me. And I really want you to take that ownership and know, am I in the best position to do this right now? Or do I just need to not? right? And so hopefully you can take some time and space and let it settle and hopefully you can move to a better place within yourself firstly and then within your relationship. All right, question number three. What are your thoughts on visible tattoos affecting employability? Does it impact the jobs that you get? Now my thoughts on it and it actually affecting employability are probably two different things. This listener has asked this question so many times. It's come up literally every week for the last month in the AMA. So thank you for your persistence. Just proof that if you ask it more than once, it will get answered. But obviously having visible tattoos everywhere, I'm like, I can answer this. I'm qualified to answer this. So I wanted to answer it. It's 2023, guys. I like to think that we live in a world where tattoos are more socially acceptable. And there's also an element here where I only have insight in the fields or industry that I worked in and for those of you who don't know in my last job I worked a very corporate position and I never had my tattoos be an issue at that job or even at the job before that and for everyone playing along the job before that that I worked at was Origin Energy which is a large energy retailer here in Australia who is an ASX listed company and I moved up there to quite a senior position And then I moved to another company after that in another senior position and no one in the company, either of those companies ever, ever said anything to me about my tattoos ever. If anything, I probably felt self-conscious in external settings where I would go to see a client or I would go to see people that we would work with externally. And the reason for that is a lot of my clients were older in older generations and they were older men. And in those generations, I think tattoos had a very negative connotation. Tattoos meant that you were a fucking criminal. We've come a long way since then. And even in those external settings in my corporate job, whenever my tattoos were mentioned, they were only ever mentioned by external people that we worked with, never internal. And they were mentioned in a nice way. It was like, oh, I didn't realize you had a tattoo. Can I see it? Or, oh my gosh, did that hurt? Or I've got something similar. And it was never in a degrading way. It was never in a bad way. And I never felt like I missed out on a job or like I missed out on a role because of that. I think I noticed that I tended to cover up a little bit more. Obviously now I work for myself so I can wear whatever the fuck I want. But Corporate clothing is also like quite long sleeved or like long length. So I'd always be in a shirt which would cover my arms. I would often be in pants or a long skirt. And so I don't see my corporate life really have, like I don't see my tattoos ever having an impact on my corporate life. Obviously, that is a very niche industry. And I'll give you another example. I know in the airline space, my best friend is a member of Cabin Crew. She does Cabin Crew she's not allowed to show her tattoos. So her tattoos have to be covered. And so obviously you can see how different industries might have different, I guess, rules and regulations when it comes to it. I can speak to my past and say, if you were to follow my career pathway, no, it probably wouldn't be a problem. However, I've got an interesting story because I have had it be a problem in the content space, in the social media space, in the influencing space, and I know this might be interesting to some of you so I want to share it but it came up once with a brand that I worked with and I had agreed and I had said yes to working with this brand now in a typical circumstance what happens is the brand will contact me they'll say we want to work with Adele can you please send us her interest we'll send her the brief if she's happy to go ahead then we then lock it in and then we sign a contract now this brand that approached me is a very large brand and it was a brand that I really wanted to work with. And so when they approached me, I liked the campaign. There was no brief yet. So I said yes. I verbally said yes. Some time had passed and I had gotten the products from the company because usually they send it out or like you go and pick it up from the store. And then I get sent the brief a couple of days before the content is due. And I'm reading through the brief. There's all the... Like key messaging that it wants you to get across. They'll have like clear do's and don't don'ts. And on this particular brief, there was a line. I read it and my heart sunk. It was, the company values are not aligned with tattoos. Please ensure tattoos are not visible in the content. Now, I have tattoos on both my arms, on both my legs, and on both sides of my body. And I can't tell you what the item was because I feel like you guys would maybe figure it out. But the item that it was, was very hard to not show my tattoos while I was making the content. And so I ended up delivering the content. I hid most of my tattoos. I don't think you could see any of them in the content. And it went up. This was however long ago. It was very difficult for me anyway. I was so stressed creating the content, but the brand was happy and, you know, the content was up. I got paid all good and well. It wasn't really good and well. For me, no. In my mind, I was like, I probably wouldn't work with that brand again. I've never shopped with them again. They haven't come and asked me to do another collaboration with them, which is fine. Perhaps we aren't aligned. And so I guess the same goes for other companies. If I was judged based on the tattoos, is that a company I would want to work for? Probably not if I miss out on a role because of my tattoos, was that role really meant for me? Probably not. On the other hand, do I miss out on collabs or brand deals because of the tattoos? Maybe. I might not even get to like the brief position because I've got tattoos, depending on what the brand is or what their values are. So obviously in that circumstance, that was the only time it was ever an issue for me. I was a little bit taken aback because I was like, fuck, I worked corporate, like proper corporate for... Nearly like seven years, and no one said shit to me. And then this brand is going to say it over this certain product. And so I don't know if I don't get considered because of tattoos. Ignorance is a little bit bliss. But as for this listener, if you are keen on them and worried about this, maybe that's a sign to get it in a place that is a little bit more discreet. Maybe it's not getting it on your limbs. Maybe it's getting it on like your torso or your back or something like that where people can't see it or can't have access to it. Or you may think it could be an issue. The other thing I'll add is to chat to someone in the industry that you want to work in and ask them if their tattoos or if they know if tattoos have impacted their ability for employment or um, for getting a job. Tattoos to me are art. I love them. I love seeing other people's tattoos and they are not a sign anymore that you're a criminal. Most people, more people have them nowadays and I would also love to know guys if you have experienced this, if you have missed out on a job because of them or if you felt that, yeah, there were any opportunities that were taken from you because of it, let us know, share it with us, come into the Facebook group. And then we are moving on to our final question. I saved the best till last. My friend is always making me feel bad and bringing me down. She is never happy for me. And I feel like this is starting to take a toll on our friendship. What is your advice? And... I don't know if I spoke about this in the friendship episode. I think I think maybe I spoke about this a little bit in the friendship episode with Suze and I will do another episode on friendship soon, guys. But I have so many thoughts on this and I will tell you a story throughout. But without any other context, I don't know what this listener is going through. Like I don't know what the friend has said or what she's doing to make you feel bad. But the fact that you are saying it's taking a toll on your friendship is not surprising. And I'm also glad that you're aware that it's happening. I think many people might be able to relate to this, having a friend like this at the moment or having had a friend like this in the past. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's envy. It's probably envy. It might even be insecurity. It might be jealousy. But it's that friend who is almost like a secret hater, right? I'm talking about the friend in the moments where maybe you have an accomplishment. Maybe you got asked out by a cute guy. Maybe you had a great date. Maybe you got a promotion. Maybe you got engaged. Whatever happy moment you're celebrating and you're met with the very passive-aggressive response like the, oh, that's great. Or they're saying whatever to bring you back down and not kind of hype you up, not be that cheerleader for you. It's very passive-aggressive and it's also the backhanded compliment and bringing you down any moment that they can. Now, I know it sounds strange because we're all thinking, well, if they're doing this, why, how do you still have friends like this? But the thing is, a lot of the time it's so subtle. It's just there underlying. You can kind of see it, but then you're like double questioning, like, did it really happen? Did they mean it that way? And then sometimes I'm like, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they got stuff going on. Like maybe they just didn't have the space to kind of show up for me in that moment. And the other thing is sometimes they're also really good friends in other moments as well. I had a friend like this in the past and it was a really interesting and hard dynamic to handle because our friendship blossomed really beautifully if I'm honest. It kind of came out of nowhere and I loved having this friendship and then slowly, slowly moments like this would happen. I'm going to give you some examples of the things that she said to me and When I'm reading them all out, it sounds terrible, but these things were like very subtle over a long period of time. It probably sounds worse because I'm reading it out at once now. But she had said to me that it frustrated her that I had had a good relationship with my family because she didn't have that with her family and that she was jealous of that. She said it pissed her off that I had Franklin because she really wanted a dog. And I remember she listened to the first episode of this podcast and said to me, it shocked me that you got bullied in high school. And it shocked me that you have gone through some hardships in life because I always thought you had everything handed to you on a silver platter. And I always thought you were the popular girl. That's what she fucking said to me, right? And guys, it was at the time, as I said, not all at once, but it was frustrating and upsetting because what do you even say to that? Like, how how do you approach that? It's really jarring and it's really difficult. And to me, I pride myself on being a good friend to all of my friends. I pride myself on being a cheerleader for my friends. And I think in that episode I did with Suzanne, we spoke about one of the green flags being lifting your friends up, celebrating their wins, celebrating their accomplishments that to me is a green flag. The opposite is a red flag. And I guess my advice to this listener is what your friend is doing has nothing to do with you. I'm proud that you can see it and I'm proud that you're aware, but it says more about your friend than it does about you. And I think it's driven either by envy or insecurity. I don't think jealousy, I don't think jealousy is actually the right word. I think it's envy that is the right word in this circumstance, but I know it's hard, especially if you have been an amazing friend in return. And so my take on this, and I'm not saying this is what you should do, but this is what I would do. And this is what I did in that situation. I found it very hard to confront because what do you, what do you say to this person? Oh, like, I think that you're envious of me or you said X, Y, Z to me, like it can be a really difficult conversation. And for me, I weighed up, is this a friendship that I really want to save? Is this friendship bringing me more value in other areas? Or is this a friendship that I think it's time to call it quits? And so for me, I personally cut ties with that friend and I distanced myself and I walked away. And I say that and I did that because to me, a true friend does not do that to you. A true friend, yes, is not perfect. I'm not sitting here saying your friend has to be your biggest hype girl 24-7 or be there for you at the drop of a hat. But true friends do that for you, right? And I think I'm always rooting for my friends. I'm always hyping my friends up. I'm always having their back. I'm always celebrating them. I think it's fair to want that energy back in return. And I think the other element is life is really short. It's too short to have friends like that. And I think the toll that it can take on you, not only on your friendship, but on you and your mental health If you've got someone continually bringing you down, it's like that saying, you'll like the company that you keep. If you've got someone feeding you that stuff and saying that negative stuff to you, that will take a toll on you. It will take a toll on the friendship. The friendship probably won't survive, but it will bring you down each day as well. And I think for me personally, when I cut that friend off, oh my God, I felt like a relief off my shoulders. And what was happening for me was that I had stopped telling her stuff because every time I did, it was met with like a very negative response and I had stopped sharing things and it just felt like a very icky situation and it wasn't a way that I wanted to live. And so to this listener, I don't know what you're going to do. Way up if this is a friendship that is worth potentially saving and having a hard conversation about or if you were better protecting yourself protecting your peace and standing up for a better friendship and what you truly deserve and just a little reminder on this celebrate your own wins but celebrate your friend's wins as well be there to support them And guys, that brings us to the end of today's show. I will be back in your ears next week as per normal business as usual. We'll have Friday AMA and then we'll have Sunday Deeper Dive. I'm not sure what episode that's going to be about. Come and join us in the Facebook group so you can vote. I put up a poll in there and I always get your feedback. I love having your feedback and I'm keen to get back to normal programming. Thank you guys for putting up with all my sooking while I've been crying about turning 30. I know I've been a bit of a drama queen, but I appreciate your patience. And if you're not already, join us on Instagram, join us on Facebook. And if you like this episode, tell someone about it, leave us a review on Apple and leave us a rating on Spotify. And I will see you guys next time. Have the best time. And thanks for all the birthday wishes too. Bye.